Thanks for downloading episode 92 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Very, very deep. Flicks across and it's cleared off the line there by Cole Stockton. Hooked back in second time of asking. It's pandemonium inside the Morkin box and eventually it's hoofed clear. I think it was Ryan Astley at the back post. Just the looping header looks as though it was going out of play, but his header just over Connor Ripley and I think it was Stockton just off the line. By far and away the biggest chance of this one so far, but Strips equal to it just about. Longello who's going to cut in field, trying to interchange passes with Wally. Longello's on the edge of the box, he's still going, twisting and turning and getting a good shot away as well. And that needed saving blow down to his right-hand side by Connor Ripley. Yeah, the, Good uh, run for Longello, good stop by Ripley. Best chance of the game, it was excellent from Longello, just breaking forward, a quick one-two, just twists away from danger on the edge of the Morecambe box. Fires a, a fierce strike on goal, which fortunately Connor Ripley equal to, down to his right-hand side. And then that needs defending from Farron Rawson and under a little bit of pressure just about gets the clearance done it's going to fall in the path of Weir who's going to try and just fit it down this left hand channel looking for Cole Stockton who does really well to reach it and then hold off his man Stockton's 25 yards out he's going to try and play in Liam Shaw lovely play from Stockton if Shaw can just get the ball under his spell and shoot yes! it yes great move down the flank there from Morecambe lovely play from Weir who fits it into the feet of Stockton and 25 yards out Cole took his time the angle was tight but he lashes it into the top corner of Toby Savin's net to open a scoring on 32 minutes and make it Morecambe 1 Accrington Stanley nil. and full credit to Cole Stockton there he's done absolutely tremendously well just to beat uh, uh, who was it I think it was uh, Ryan Astley to the ball a great ball across and you can tell just what it meant to him as well the uh, the celebrations right in front of the bar card terrace but ultimately again credit to Cole Stockton tremendous work from uh, from Morgan's number nine there I must say Matt I thought that the ball from Weir it was a great idea but I thought Cole's not going to get that but he believed that he was going to get it and that's why we scored there yeah. because Cole believed that he was going to get that and he won the ball and he did really well and he didn't panic he could have Cut in and shot from 25 yards. It might score, of course, but he saw the overlap from Shaw, and it was a lovely pass, booming clearance, as you would expect, which is uh, taken by Cole Stockton. Lovely play once again from Cole, and that is a great knockout towards this right-hand side. Cooney is being bundled over, as you know. Go on! Yeah! Doubles the strips advantage. Two and a half minutes before half time, and Cole Stockton instrumental in that one once again, showing his strength, showing his physicality. Got the ball out to Cooney, who had plenty to do on the right hand side. He bombed into the penalty area and saw the run of Jensen Weir, who was left all alone. And Morecambe's top scorer cushions it into the corner for his seventh goal of the season to make it Morecambe 2, Accrington Stanley nil. Tremendous play yet again from the Shrimps. Ryan Cooney, Cole Stockton instrumental in their build up play there. And Jensen Weir, prime position to slot home. And the goals that he scored so far this season, it comes as no surprise that it finds the back of the net once again and on 44 minutes it's Morecambe 2 Accrington Stanley nil.
And the roof, Dave, the roof was lifted off the Mazuma Stadium there. Another great move. Another, and you ha I've got to give credit to Cole Stockton once again, Matt. Strength, physical presence, didn't give it up, got the ball under his control, looked for the pass, and it was perfect. And credit too to Ryan Cooney because he had so much to do on that right-hand side, but he cut in, rode a couple of challenges, and the perfect ball to Jensen Weir. And what a lovely cushioned right-footed finish for his seventh goal of the season. Here comes Accrington, shot comes in, and again, we don't mind that all day long. All day long from Harvey Rogers. Tame, easy for the keeper. Joe Fritchard crosses it from the right-hand side. It's a free header too, and it's wide. It's wide. It should be 2-1. It should be 2-1. Leslie Adekoya, three yards out, and he couldn't force it home. Chip towards the edge of the area, cleared by Rawson. Lovely feet again from Shaw. That time, that's a great tackle from Coyle, but Weir wins the day on the second phase. Gets it into the feet of Cole Stockton. Out towards Adam Mayer, down this left-hand side. Seven minutes to go. Mayer, back to Stockton, might fancy it! Oh! Just wide of Savin's far post. Opened up for Cole, and he's had a major part in both of the Shrimps' goals tonight. And, and Cole, well, why not from there? And Well, it was quite a bit wide in the end, but you just thought that it was going to be the fairy tale third. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Chips it towards the edge of the box. Cleared by Delaney. And that'll do. Referee puts the whistle to his lips. And Morkham. In a game that they must win. Needed desperately to win to cut that gap to four points in the battle to get out of the League One relegation zone. Have done just that. And they have done it comprehensively as well. They have beaten Accrington Stanley in the Lancashire Derby here at the Mazuma Stadium by two goals to nil. And it is a thoroughly deserved three points for Derek Adams' men. He got the team selection right. He got the tactic spot on. And Morecambe, one thing they haven't been all season is clinical. We haven't taken our chances when they've come our way, but we did just that tonight. We had two big chances and we scored them both. We took the lead on 34 minutes. It was a great finish from Liam Shaw. He smashed it into the top corner of Toby Savvy's net after a great through ball by Cole Stockton, who led the line magnificently for the Shrimps from start to finish. It was 2-0 on 43 minutes. Jensen Weir with his seventh goal of the campaign. And it was a lovely cushion finish from 10 yards out into the bottom corner of Savvy's net. More brilliant play by Cole Stockton. He found Cooney on the right-hand side. And Ryan Cooney had plenty to do. Bulldozed his way through a few tackles into the box and picked the perfect pass. Weir left all alone, finished expertly into the far corner. 2-0 uh, at the break. And I suppose we thought after the half-time interval that Accrington would come out firing and would be put under the cosh a bit but it never really materialised in the second half Akronson didn't really lay a glove on Connor Ripley's goal significantly a couple of half chances they maybe should have scored a free header to reduce the arrears to 2-1 inside the last 10 minutes but apart from that Connor Ripley had very very little to do and in fairness to Morecambe they didn't sit back on their 2-0 lead either. In fact, if anything, we went to try and get more and well and truly put the game to bed. All in all, a thoroughly deserved three points. Defeat for the Shrimps this evening and the gap between the Morecambe and League One safety would have been ten points. As it is, it's four points 
going into a crucial, crucial game on New Year's Day against Burton Albion. Terrific performance from us tonight, uh, magnificent display, uh, superb goals. Um, I just thought over the night it was a, a fabulous performance from the players. Five games at home now undefeated. Uh, it was just you know a terrific display of how to play football, to pass it, to move, to create openings. The goals were absolutely out of this world, you know, to pass the ball as well as we did, get us into areas and uh, Shaw and Weir to score the two goals uh, it was really pleasing and, uh, you know, overall a really top performance tonight. The first goal was always going to be important and uh, the determination of Cole Stockton to win that ball in the first place, then to cross it for Liam Shaw was tremendous. Yeah, I mean, Cole, you know, did really well tonight. You know, he held the ball up well and he was involved in both goals. Uh, you know, his first one he makes and then the second one, he's involved before the, the ball to, to Ryan Cooney. But, you know, I think overall performance, I thought that the team were fantastic. Their team spirit, their understanding of their positions, uh, the way that they passed the ball. And that was just followed on from the Port Vale game. We were unfortunate to lose in that game against Port Vale. And um, we've come tonight and come up against a team that, uh, you know, above us on the table. We've cut the points total to four points now. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, a very good win and a clean sheet tonight. Important now, I suppose in many ways, to keep that up against Burton Albion here at New Year's Day. Yeah, I mean, it really is important. And, uh, you know, the five games we've had here undefeated uh, it's great for the supporters because you know they were here in the numbers tonight and it's fantastic to see you know us playing in league one which we are and competing and it's a tough league but uh, you know just the way that uh, we defended tonight was solid was resolute uh, and also the way that we passed the ball the substitutions that came on you know helped us as well uh, just a top performance from a top group of players Great to see the midfielders scoring, and, and that's when Morecambe under a Derek Adams side are flying, like they did when they won promotion. The midfielders getting into the box, scoring the goals, and we saw that tonight. Yeah, I mean, we saw you know that the striker being involved in Cole Stockton, but we only saw you know we saw Jensen Weir. That's his seventh goal of the season. Uh, Shaw a couple of goals, but he was playing in a more uh, advanced area at times tonight. And uh, you know, I thought that you know over the night it was you know a very good performance from us. Going downside, perhaps was an injury to Max Melbourne. Yeah, I mean he's hurt his uh, lower hamstring tonight, not the same area that he had uh, before. So um, we'll assess that and see how long you know he's out for. Um, their players, you know, taking Pritchard's taking a really nasty injury, which is really disappointing for them. He, he's snapped his Achilles, it looks like. So they're really disappointed, you know, for the player. Uh, but you know, over the night. Um, you know, Adam Muir coming on and, and playing it wing back and also then moving forward. Gibson having to go to left back and, and so did Bidou. We changed tactics up a number of times uh, during the game, but uh, I'm just delighted for the players because they deserve the victory tonight. They've been unfortunate at times this season not to have, you know, won more games. I know you said your season won't be defined at Christmas, but looking at it now, the three points and the feeling around the ground was so good. Yeah, I mean, as I say, you know, it, it's a long season and... Uh, you got to remember that um, you know you've got a long way to go uh, in a season, and uh, I just think that uh, the team spirit, the way that we play, uh, you know, is pleasing for me, you know, tactically uh, for a manager. Burton Albion, the last game wasn't wasn't the best of games to watch. He opened for the same again tonight as a much better performance and a much better spectacle. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a difficult afternoon. The rain was was coming down, and it's bucket loads you know the last time it was difficult for both teams to, to pass the ball but um, you know for us you know we're coming up against a team that uh, are in form in this division
great for the fans as well and they got right behind you again tonight yeah I mean they always do you know they're, they're always uh, you know very vocal at home and uh, you know they've seen two goals tonight from midfielders and uh, you know pleasing for them well, Derek thanks as always a great win thank you Derek we spoke about being clinical for large parts of the season haven't we how pleased were you tonight that it was basically two shots and two goals yeah, I mean, I think that you know that you know is important, and uh, there's just a way that we, you know, finished the the game. You know, to, to score the goals that we did was fantastic, and you know, to have a clean sheet against an Accrington side that always you know push forward. And Coles had a difficult season for a number of reasons. Didn't get a goal that he perhaps deserved tonight, but that performance shows that he really still cares about playing for this club. Yeah, of course. I, you know, we all know, you know, what happened, you know, earlier in the summer, and you know it. it it was a performance tonight that um, you know he held the ball up. He was involved in both goals, uh, which was was great for us. And psychologically, the difference between being four points from safety and being ten points from safety if we had lost tonight mm. could be one point if we beat Burton Albion. That must be enormously psychologically advantageous for yeah, us. Yeah, that's what we're trying for. You know, week on week, we're just trying to you know pick up as many points as we possibly can. And uh, you know, we've you know had a. A tough run of fixtures away from home, which is never easy, but um, we do feel that we should have more points than we do. And there's been a lot of conjecture, a lot of debate amongst the fan base about team selections and about how many defenders are in teams. You must have seen some of it, I imagine. Does results like tonight show that we need to keep the faith with what, with what you're trying to do? Listen, you don't have to, to, to speak to me. I've done 650 games as a manager and uh, saved this football going out the, the, the Football League and uh, saved this football club going out in the League One, you know. So um, nobody has to tell me uh, anything about that, but you, you always listen and learn. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have learned tonight that, um, you know, sometimes um, when you pick a formation, you pick a team, that uh, it uh, is done for a reason. But um, listen, um, I'll have picked my bones and, and different managers uh, all over the world and uh, everybody do, do exactly the same uh, to me. That's the nature of football and uh, that's why we all have an opinion. Enjoy the win, Gaffer. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Liam, a 2-0 victory over Rackington tonight. A much, much needed win. Yeah, like I said, much needed win. Um, just happy for like, all the players, staff and uh, for the fans as well to get these three points. It's like massive for everyone. It's give everyone like, a confidence boost. But I think like we knew it were coming, and it's time to like build on it now. I spoke to you for the program interview, which you're there today, and uh, we talked about more goals, and uh, you come up and popped up with one. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to score. Obviously, uh, it's a good feeling, especially in front of fans. And yeah, I thought like today and Gents as well, we were like more ruthless, which we needed to be. Um, and obviously we got the two early goals, and then I felt like we managed the game well, and it were like comfortable, and I felt like. Like earlier on in past games we haven't felt like we haven't managed the game really and I felt we did that today and we're just happy to get three points Yeah the words you used were we have to be more clinical in front of goal and, and that's what you were today Yeah like you said two goals <clears throat> in the first half which is always nice to go into like lead just get it to half time and another like positive as well we got a clean sheet as well so I think everyone's happy Every credit to Cole Stockton for his work in providing both of the goals and Ryan Cooney for the second one, but Cole especially for the first. Yeah, he's played really well today, put himself about and like you said, <coughs> for my goal, he's done like an unbelievable pass, he's took it down and for Cooney, uh, Jensen's goal, to had to pass to Cooney again, like switching it, really good play and yeah, that's what, it's good. You seem to be in a couple of different positions tonight on the right hand side, then central and uh, is it just a case of finding the space for yourself? Uh, yeah, just... When we have the ball, just trying to pick up spots. But then, when we were um, 
we were two 0 up and then like against it a little bit when they were coming on trying to get a goal went more central just to, like show things up yeah, and just like kind of game management really. So important though to get that three points is it still bottom but you you pulled up further towards clubs above you. Yeah exactly that's all we can do just try and get as many points as we can just take it game by game and obviously today we've got maximum points and I reckon the lads will have a lot of confidence from that we can take it out all the positives. I feel like we've had good performances but we haven't really like got the win which we needed like massively needed today and we can take that into Sunday against uh, Burton. So you've got two home games now but Burton Albion on Sunday that's a really really important one. Yeah again like today we're a massive game and um, we did like we did the business really so hopefully we'll go again Sunday and like you said it's a massive bonus as well being at home like, all the fans around you again as uh, like the 12th man really so yeah How important is it now to go on a run of games? Yeah like you said we need to we need to get out of we need to go up the table really we've shortened it today but <clears throat> we just need to get like the momentum hopefully like bounce on this now get another win and then just keep taking it game by game just picking up points and trying not to drop points when we're in a good lead or when we're having good performances, we need to pick up points, really, yeah. Did you feel comfortable? Because it's the first time you've been two goals up since April. I know you weren't here then, but did that make you feel a bit more comfortable on the ball? Yeah, definitely. Like, getting that second goal just before half-time, it was a really nice time to get it because we, we got it into half-time, 2-0 up, and then you you feel a little bit, feel a little bit it feels easier type, type of way because we knew they'd come on to us but even then when they were attacking we didn't really have like I don't think they had really any clear cut chances really and we, I think we handled them well like as a team so yeah it does definitely helps It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio Hello from Dave Salmon thanks as ever for downloading this episode thanks too for listening to our full match commentaries on Shrimps Live we really really appreciate it a vital win last night then we need desperately to back it up on New Year's Day and if we do beat Burton Albion the gap to safety would just be a single point if it had gone badly over the festive period it could have been 10 or even 13 points so all to play for ahead of the game on Sunday afternoon and I've been chatting to Ed Walker Ed is one of the hosts of the D3 D4 podcast go and check it out it's a podcast dedicated specifically to Leagues 1 and 2 and it is fantastic and uh, I caught up with Ed a little while ago to talk about all things League 1 and of course Dino Maria's men ahead of their trip to the Mazuma this coming Sunday afternoon it's a 3 o'clock kickoff. if you're not heading down to the game full match commentary of course on Beyond Radio will be on our FM and DAB Plus Digital Radio services from 2.45 and of course you can also listen or watch via I Follow Shrimps Ed thanks for jumping on our podcast really appreciate your time I know you are a very busy man so we appreciate it uh, D3, D4 lots of people follow the Twitter feed they listen to the podcast for, for the one or two people that don't uh, tell us all about it well very simply our aim is to try and provide coverage to Division 3, Division 4, League 1, League 2, as it's known now, and give the coverage that I think the mainstream media doesn't really provide. I think they have started to do it more. I think there's maybe a lot more attention to football outside the Premier League than there was previously. Maybe sometimes it's a bit more clips and storage rather than general regular coverage about the division week in, week out. So that's something we've always tried to provide. It's myself. There's a crew of um, four, sometimes five of us. We've been looking to get a new guy in as well to join us as well to keep the numbers up. And we run through all the games that are played on the Saturday, both League One and League Two, starting with League One first, going through League Two. It's annoying because we try to keep it to a relative, around sort of an hour, hour 10, and it's impossible because <laughs> there's so many brilliant games in this league. I try to put a running order together where I kind of like 
prioritise the more meaningful, significant games and the ones with less events are at the back. And what happens is League One has two all draws and three twos every single week, so it's impossible to put them all in the order. But it's a lot of fun now. I'm into my, is it my third? I think it's my third full season now involved in doing this. And it's bonkers. I mean, the very third season was COVID. So that was a, an interesting first season, <laughs> should we say, down with that. We've had a, some weird ones since. The one obviously all behind closed doors and then last season as well. New guys getting a promotion out of the out of League Two as well through Wembley. A lot of fun. I, I do really enjoy it. It's, we record early Sunday morning, so it's quite a lot of effort on the Saturday, getting everything prepped together immediately after the games are done. But I think it's worthwhile. I really enjoy it. Well, it's, it's become quintessential listening, I think, to, uh, if, if you don't mind me saying, to people who support clubs in League One and League Two. I think that the reason it's so good is because it's presented by and contributed to by genuine fans of, of, of lower league clubs. It's not corporate. It's not club orientated the hands aren't tied in, in that regard and and that makes it we real. try to be unbiased but sometimes yeah. it comes out i can't lie <laughs> sometimes it does well we, we all know, i've had a couple of the strain to teach with burton and you've got to try and take that out of your mind because you, <laughs> you know the emotions that will put you through immediately after full time yeah sometimes it's worth giving it a night to just kind of rest on it and say right this happened this happened we'll go with that how has league one shaped up in your expectations to how you thought it might have shaped up before a ball was kicked? It's going to be brilliant yet again. Brilliant on both ends, really. Um, I think my my thoughts heading into preseason was, I think there's kind of a bit of a top bracket and a bottom bracket with League One. You've got the sides that are historically bigger and the bigger crowds. They've got necessarily the bigger budgets that you would expect to be up there. We've currently got eight of those up at the top that are the top eight places right now. And then the bottom bracket, which includes ourselves as well, that will be either in the relegation battle or trying to stay away from it. And, Largely, it's going as expected. I mean, there's a couple of outliers at the minute. You look at Milton Keynes, Dons, Wickham, Oxford, they're at the wrong end of the table compared to where they were last year. There's reasons for that, injuries, losses of players, certain things like that, change of managers. But yeah, it's it's another brilliant division and I love it. It's, it's all the excitement and drama that the Premier League provides, I think, but there's far more competition. I mean, who knows right now who's going to go up out of those eight teams up at the top. It's going to be a really good battle. And then the playoffs at the end of the season, my favourite time of the year by far, always dramatic always brilliant it seems to us it's obviously our second season in in league one and we thought that there were some amazing clubs and and some enormous teams in our last season but this season it seems to have almost stepped up another level it's Mm. even better yeah that's the thing um i think you always will have it because there's 44 spots in the premier league and the championship 44 clubs available i guarantee you there are more than 44 clubs in this country who think one of those deserves to go to them so you will always have some big boys at this level. I mean, you look at Bradford down in League Two as well, who hopefully can start to bounce on the way back. They might have a good season for themselves, but there'll always be some big boys at League One level. And I, it's what I love about this division so much is the massive contrast in clubs. I think it's bigger than at any other level in the pyramid where you can be up in, up a, well, you could have been up at Sunderland, but you can be with Pride Park or um, uh, Portman Road now playing at Switch or Derby. And the next week you're at in Stanley on the terrace. I, I love that contrast. You can have week on week. It's so good. And everyone's competitive as well. You know, bottom can beat top. It's brilliant. On any given day, I think you're right. Top can beat bottom. We proved that last season. We beat Sheffield mm-hmm. Wednesday. We beat Charles. Yep. We, we, we had some great days out. We also had some hammerings as well. And I, I suppose that is the beauty of League One, isn't it? But from, from our point of view, for a Burton fan, for a Morecambe fan, it's about being, well, I suppose, mid-table in our own bottom third mini league and that means we stay up this season yeah it is it's, it's that bottom bracket I think we 
I think generally, especially those teams in the bottom four right now, we're going to be there throughout the whole of the season. And it's a case of basically having four sides worse than us. I hate League One's relegation zone. The fact is four teams. Whoever decided that, I hate them because it's horrible. The yeah, fact. So- you, love, you love it when you're in League Two and you've got three automatic spots and a playoff side to go with, which is great. And then you come into League One, you realise, wow, we've got to do quite a lot actually to stay above this season. It's, it's a real effort to stay there. Although that said, 40 points survived. Yeah, that was season. an anomaly. Real it, anomaly. It, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I did the stats. Um, Fleetwood stayed up on 40, obviously. The last time, that's the lowest total needed since three points for a win was introduced back in the 1980s. Wow. Normally, they, they say the benchmark normally for League One is about 50. Last year was a massive anomaly. And it happened the other end as well. Plymouth Argyle got 80 points and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Whereas some teams have won promotion with 80 points in the past. It was a real outlier of a season. Yeah, MK Don's eighty nine points didn't yep. go up automatically. Still in League One, so it, it was it was one of those bizarre campaigns, wasn't it? Really. So uh, we'll see how it pans out. But I think, like you say, it's it's exciting times, isn't it? And I think that's part of the reason why we love being in League One so much, and why we are desperate to stay in League One. But both clubs have got uh, more than a bit of work to do. More than a bit, yeah. Um, I think we probably did have more. Now is the case where. It's kind of back to the same level. I mean, the start Burton had was atrocious. It was sadly exactly what I expected really under Jim Lassa Bank, but the changes have been made. I think we'll get into those hopefully a bit more as well. We're back in the pack and there's a pack down the bottom ourselves, yourselves, um, uh, Forest Green Rovers. It's, it's always, I think it's always the case with me. I, I remember um, the, the win we had, the first win we got down Exeter City. I, I went mad for that because I think you've signed at this stage when you're down the bottom, you think, Where's the next win coming from? When's the next goal coming from? So you, you kind of milk it a little bit when it does actually come your way, just because you're not quite sure. You know, I'd love to be in the position of it, switch or Plymouth right now. We seem to win every single week, but we don't get that luxury down the bottom of the table, exactly. So Ed, talk to me about Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank. It was manager for, for quite some time. You had some great highs and obviously some crashing lows, but it was time for him to go when he went. Yeah, definitely. It's It's... It's a roller coaster, really, that period where he came back. Uh, it would have been January 2021. We were rock bottom of the division, and I mean rock bottom. Sort of, I think it was six points off 23rd at the time. I think we had 13 points in our first 22 games after a, trying the first start of the season with a rookie manager and Jake Buxton, who just wasn't ready, really. I think there were some OK players, but he, he just, he'd just gone straight out playing into management, which is always a big risk to do, and it wasn't paying off. And he came in with Dina Murray as an assistant, and... We had an excellent transfer window, got in a load of really top quality players, the kind of players that were needed to come in. And we had a go at it and we got out of there, I think within two months of actually being bottom of the table, we were out of the bottom four. That included a run of six consecutive wins, which was a record for us in the EFL. We hadn't won six games in a row before the EFL level. And we ended up in a comfortable 16th position. And naturally, when you do that, you think, right, let's go kick on. And, well, it didn't really. I mean, the first half of last season was pretty good. We kind of were... So the top half, a little bit off the playoffs, I felt that the playoff sides had a better level of quality than us. They were just always going to be better. So I knew that was maybe a bridge too far. But the second half of last season, especially after losing a large chunk of our team's goals in January, um, Lucas Aikens going, Kane Hemmings going, Daniel Jebison going, Tom O'Connor going as well, we tailed off. It went to really bad form and there were some performances where we weren't just poor, we looked dire. Morecambe especially is one that comes to my mind in April, which was a crucial win to yourselves, but mm. for us... It was almost just kind of like we were just kind of like recycling possession back to you and it just kept coming at you. And you, that second half was probably cruise control to you lot because you were 3 0 up and just knew exactly what you were doing. So it was an easy job for you. And I remember that form coming into the back end of the season and feeling 
it's not really a sign this is going to improve heading into the new campaign either. We look like a team that's been playing as one of the worst four sides in the league. And even into pre-season, when I don't really care about results in pre-season, you look a lot more performances. And the performances weren't great either. Whether it was against Birmingham City or Brackley Town, we were looking second best. And that's not an encouraging sign to see. So I had, admittedly, very low expectations heading into the season. Um, I actually put the bottom of a pre-season prediction because I was that unsure about them. And about three games in, I could tell I was going to be right because they lost 3-0 on the opening day at Wickham Wanderers. They lost 4-0 at home to Bristol Rose when they were thorned at a hard time. Their only point from the first seven games was at Accrington where we were 4-2 up heading into the 90th minute and still drew. Terrible. Defeats to Oxford, uh, defeats to Ipswich as well. Just a really, really poor start of the season. And the support on the fan base has certainly gone towards Hasselbank. And you're talking about a guy who, yes, has a good amount of affinity towards the club from a very successful first spell, but it was all heading in the wrong direction, getting ugly. And people weren't impressed that after getting beaten on Saturday, he'd be on Super Sunday the following day to Sky Sports. Yeah. And people even outside the club were looking at it going, your team's bottom of the league, what are you doing? Not a good look. It's not a good look at all, no. So he announced his resignation at the start of September after we lost to Oxford. And his assistant, Dean Amara, has taken over and it has picked up. Definitely. He's got the spirit back in the team, certainly. Well, Dino's got pedigrees on, hasn't he? He's got uh, plenty of years of coaching experience in, in, in the EFL. Was there a danger, though, Ed, that it would have been more of the same regime or, or has it been yeah. a, a fresh approach? No, it's a fair comment to make. Um, I think there was naturally a bit of concern amongst people as well. Why, why would a terrible team appoint the assistant who's been part of the regime currently? I always kind of looked at it and thought I'd quite like to know who's got control of the tactics here. Was this all Hasselbank stop where we were seeing very direct players out of natural positions or was this Dino having an input? By the looks of it so far, it was mostly Hasselbank's tactics because Dino's favoured a much more positive formation, people in naturally comfortable positions, whether out wide or in attacking midfield as well. And we just try and work the ball a little bit better. We're still quite a direct team, which is nothing wrong, by the way. You can use that very effectively. But there is a bit of an effort to work the ball from one side of the pitch to another or through the thirds as well till you get to the final third too. And we picked up. So largely, I think it's been much more positive. So managerial change, personnel change as well. Tell us everything we need to know then, Ed, about a Adino, Mario, Burton, Albion. Players, wants to watch formation. What do we need to know? Well, we tend to go with either a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. I think it's been the 4-2-3-1 that's been deployed more recently. It's all about the energy and tenacity in midfield. So one of the big things that he's done, probably the player who's improved most under him, is Deji Oshilaja, who was originally someone who came in as a very versatile player, sometimes playing the back line across all the way, whether it's right-back, left-back, centre-back, had to go in deep in midfield a bit under Hasselbank. And Dino's deployed him as a very advanced midfielder who will push on be the target of a lot of goal kicks, I think, as well, to win slick-ons. Generally, be a target for the direct play against slick-ons mm. from there. And we'll be all action, essentially, going box-to-box. To, box. to be honest, it's a bit like watching Vieira. It's the comparison I've given to him because of the performances he's had. He's certainly been the most improved. Um, the key man at the moment up top is definitely Victor Adebayejo, who got a hat-trick against Doris Green Rovers to beat them as well. He's such a workhorse up top. And he's a guy who isn't really that big in terms of a local point striker. He's not exactly six foot plus. I think he's about five foot nine, but a relentless workhorse in and out of possession works really well up there, lean the line through him. And um, what helps as well as a little bit of support to provide around him. I'd probably say the key man to watch also off the left-hand side or an attacking midfield is Davis Keeler Dunn, who's a name you might be quite familiar with. Certainly league two fans will be. Yeah. He got 15 goals through Oldham Athletics last season in a season where they were relegated as well. But he's undoubtedly someone who, can certainly be dangerous when getting the chance to run with the ball off the left-hand side or receive the ball in attacking midfield as well. 
And then I'd probably also highlight one of our midfielders on number seven, Joe Powell. We signed a new deal, a two-year deal in the summer as well. Uh, his best skill is his ability to shield the ball as he carries it through midfield. He's really integral towards that, the way that we're able to, to carry it through midfield. There aren't many other players in the team that can do that as well. And there's a decent bit of creative output from him as well. Sometimes gets deployed out wide, which I don't like as much because I think he's best when he's in the middle, right in with the action as well. But sometimes he's used out there and he can be pretty effective from it. Can Morecambe and or Burton both be in League One next season? From what you've seen of teams that you've played so far, are there four poorer teams than yourselves, at least? Can you hang I on th- to that little bit of hope? If I'm honest, I find it difficult to think both would. I think it would be one or the other if there was going to be one. It, it could well be two of them, to be honest. Um, Morecambe, I, I pay a lot of attention to. Um, I like having a look around at some of the data charts that are available for League One to look at, to get a sense of the strength of teams. And um, to be honest with you, Morecambe at the wrong end of a lot of them, yes. similar with Forest Green as well. So... Sadly, I think their position is quite justified when you look at the chances that they're conceding in games, the general lack of creativity that's there as well. It, it's worrying at the moment. I, I hope it can change, but um, it's difficult to pick four worse teams at the moment, really, than the, the four that are currently down there. Ed, thanks so much. Really appreciate your time. Give us the uh, the plug one more time. Not that you need it because everybody knows about D3, D4, but uh, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find my own personal Twitter, which is uh, at Edward underscore W97, where I, I just ramble on about the lower leagues far too much, to be honest. I mean, I put out a tweet recently of a miss that happened at the Fleetwood Town game involving Callum Morton, which was quite frankly hilarious. What, what a miss it was as well, yeah. I can't believe it. I've just I've just had my hands... You had your hands on the head as a home fan, just looking at it thinking, what are you doing? Because you, kind of, you wouldn't have even seen it from the angle I had it as well, where the whole goal was just completely open. And he just completely puts it wide. And it's... it's yeah, I, I ramble on about the low leagues a bit too much, but that's just how much I love it, really. And then the account to follow as well, at D3D4 Football as well. We put out a weekly podcast available every Sunday, normally around midday. Depends how long it takes me to edit, because uh, it can be quite tedious editing it sometimes. Tell me about it. <laughs> Some of the recording that comes as well. It's, more, it's normally my problem, because I'm just umming and ahhing to myself, trying to work out the author I've got going. But no, D3D4 Football is the place to go. We put out a lot. We'd like to get a lot of statistics out as well on the players in both League 1 and League 2. Ed, you're a very, very knowledgeable man, if you don't mind me saying so, about lower league football, so we really appreciate your time. We'll obviously, keep an eye on how both clubs go uh, as the season goes on. So thanks once more for coming on our pod, Ed, and hopefully we'll speak to you next time. Thank you very much, Dave. Enjoyed it. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.